This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. Okay, I have started a Sunday school series on the mountains in the Bible a couple of months ago, and I didn't think it was that much stuff in on it. I thought I was going to breeze through it because it's 50 or 60 mountains. And uh, we are now in Moriah. This was part four, actually. It's just the more I study it, the, the deeper it gets. But sometimes things are just not what they appear to be. And at first, I'm going to tell a little joke, and we'll get right into the lesson. There was a fellow that was sitting on a park bench in a park reading a newspaper. His old dog laying right beside him on the just curled up sleep, and he's sitting there reading his paper. Some old fella came up and uh, pat him. Hey, buddy, does your dog bite? He looked at him and said, no, my dog don't bite. And so he started reading his paper again. The dog reached down, he reached down there and pet that dog. That dog took a chunk out of his hand. He's shaking. He called the cops over there. That man told me his dog didn't bite. It. And the police officer says, what's going on here, sir? And, uh, he said, and he said, that man told me his dog don't bite. His officer, his officer said, can you tell me your version? He said, sir, that ain't my dog. My dog's at home. <laughs> so the moral is, get the details. Hey, sir, is this your dog? Because <laughs> sometimes things are just not what they appear to be on the outside. Okay. All right, we, we went through the uh, the Noah's Ark thing. Now we've been on the threshing floor, and I'll do a quick review. On the threshing floor of Mount Moriah, there's a whole lot went on there. The first thing that went on there was Abraham had sacrificed, went up to sacrifice Isaac. And Isaac, when they went up there, this is covering a whole lot of meat in a short few sentences, when they got up there and Isaac said, Dad, I got the wood, I got the fire, where's the sacrifice? He said, God's going to provide. So he laid Isaac on the altar. Isaac, at that point, Abraham had to sit there and say before he did that, son, this is what God has told me to do. And it's hard. You've got to. And, and Isaac didn't fight. He, the Bible doesn't record it. Didn't say, no, Dad, I don't, don't do it. Said he laid him up on the altar, didn't say anything about a struggle. That was a willing sacrifice. Isaac trusted his father as much as Abraham trusted God. Had to. When he, when he laid him up on the altar, he had, Abraham had to tell him, son, this is what God told me to do. We've got to trust him. He said, your seed will be uh, forever. There's the grains of the sand. Anyway, a lot of details went into that lesson. It was stopped. And all. So that was first part on Moriah. The second part was David had, uh, had won all these battles, and this is where we're going to pick up again here. Won all these battles, and, and he had become king, and, and I'll read the scriptures in a minute. And, and he was coerced into numbering the tribes of Israel, numbering, counting them. All along, David had, had trusted God, and God had said, this, I'm going to give you deliverance and all this. And David went into battle one and another, and God took care of him. 
But all, Satan stirred up the people to get David to say, you've got the numbers. And God said that was a great sin because now you're relying on, we can't take them, we can't do this, we can't do this, and can't, uh, and, and, and their, their mindset was on their ability instead of the supernatural. And so David numbered them and God said that was a great sin because now the people will bring fear into the tribes and, and it was a whole lot more to, to that than it was. But anyway, that was David's sin. So he went, and we're going to cover that here in just a minute with some scripture, and, and bought the threshing floor that was on Mount Moriah that Arana had owned. Arana was a Jebusite. He was a Canaanite, but he was a Jebusite. We're going to go over that. I, I, I thought I was finished, but there's a whole lot here we're going to cover with that. And so the threshing floor itself was on Moriah in the place where Isaac, Isaac was offered. Another event that's going to take place on Mount Moriah is, in, well, the first temple was built on Moriah. The second temple was built on Moriah. The third temple will be built in the region of Moriah. Jesus will reign in Moriah. And a lot of times as, a, as the pastor says, you know, I've got opinions. Doctrine doesn't change. It does not change. But I've got opinions on it. Yours might be different. And, but I've got, when I study it, I think I look at something out of it and I say, you know, that could possibly be. But it has nothing to do with, okay, we believe in eternal security. We believe in water baptism. We, you know, doctrine, we don't, we don't debate that, but I read some scripture, I think. For instance, no, let me get started. Let's go to, uh, First, Second Chronicles chapter three, verse one, first. And I'm going to cover something I didn't think I was going to cover about Mount Moriah. These mountains that God chose is, is, is just fascinates me as the deeper we get into them. Let's see, Second Chronicles chapter three, verse one, first. This will cover the base of our lesson this morning. I bounce all over the scriptures, so you'll have to bear with me. Oh, wait a minute, that's first. Hang on here. I thought I hit it marked, but I got it. Hang on. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. Okay, this sets the, the base of our lesson this morning. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord, that's the temple, at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah. And it wasn't just the region. Mount Moriah is a region of 45 acres. And uh, it's several mountainous regions, not one particular mountain. Mount Moriah is a, is a region of mountains. Where... where the Lord appeared unto David as his father in the place that David had prepared the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. Okay, that's important in the part of the lesson this morning because it shows you that, that the temple, the first temple was going to be built right there on Moriah in the place where David bought the, thresh, the threshing floor. The threshing floor 
was about a hundred foot area. And what they did is they took all the grain and all the, whether it's corn, wheat or whatever, there were several threshing floors mentioned. We're going to mention one of them in particular here in a minute, a different one, which led to Mount Moriah. And what they do is they pile all the grain and all the corn and everything on this big threshing floor and they get the oxen and they get wide boards and put stones and chips and, and sharp objects in it. And the oxen crush the husks of the corn or the wheat or whatever and all the, and they would take rakes and throw it up in the air because it was in the mountain rain and the wind would blow all the husks out and the grain would fall to the bottom. And they would use oxen to break the husks up at first. And if you think about this, this is just came, comes to mind when you do it. When you think about it later, where God says, do not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. It doesn't, I'm not saying that that's what this verse was in reference to, but they had to let the oxen eat the corn that was crushing to keep them healthy, to keep them going and gave them motivation to crush all the corn. And if they muzzled the mouth, the ox would just be stubborn, even against the pricks. So, if it later in the Bible said, do not muzzle the oxen that treads out the corn. It has to be connected some kind of way. And so after the corn is cracked on all the husks, then the, the, the grain and then the whatever is left, they just throw it in there and it blows off and the good grain calls. The, and that's separating the good from the bad. It's important as we get deeper into Moriah, that's where Jesus is going to reign Forever, according to the scripture, on Moriah. And, and, and it's just, uh, even in the New Jerusalem when it comes down, I'm going to cover that in a minute. Well, I might not get to that part today. But uh, the arrangement of the heavy boards had the sharp scrap and all about it. And, uh, okay, Arana was his titled name. Let's go to... Let's go, let me find 2 Samuel 24. We'll flip back there. 2 Samuel chapter 24. Okay, David had just numbered them. The, the, the man Gad, G-A-D, was a seer. A seer at that time is called a prophet. But David had gotten to where God was speaking through Gad to give him his messages. This is what I want you to do, David. And, and, and so Gad would come to David and said, the Lord said, because you numbered them, you go and buy this threshing floor from this man and you, and you build an altar to the Lord and you sacrifice to cover this sin, this great sin that you've done. That's the only way. And I am going to give you a choice of what you want to do for the people. And here we are. This is, this is setting it up. So, so you're looking at David had won all these battles. I could cover, well, I can, I could, I'll cover that in a minute where he first made, was made king. I'll, I'll go back to that. And so he came there and he, he numbered all his troops, all the different tribes and got all the numbers and says, now here's our strength. Here is our strength. And the Lord looking down, that's not your strength. I can beat them with one. I can beat them with none. Remember how the, even the hornets came and destroyed an army and, it's amazing. And, and the lessons behind all this is when we're in trouble, when we've got things here, we put our eyes on circumstances, on things in our life. And, and, and I, oh, you know, oh, I could, this, what am I going to, what am I going to do? 
instead of walking by faith and saying, you know what, the Lord brought me through that. He'll bring me through this. This is nothing because I've been through that. And we continue to grow in our spiritual life, battle after battle after battle, because it's a battle. It's a dogfight till we're dead, folks. We're fighting an evil world out here. And, and we have to put our trust on him and him alone. And, and, and if he brings you through one, he'll bring you through another. He's not going to let anything. If we just turn it loose, he's in control. He's allowing things to happen in our life. And for a reason, and we, we went through Ecclesiastes and said, everything is good in God's sight. We don't know the beginning from the end, but he makes everything good because it's his plan. And so when we, when, if we, if we, the, the meat behind this lesson that we take is that you don't number the circumstances surrounding your battles in this life. That's, that's God, God despises that. He wants you to say, oh God, I need help. I can't do it. It's you and you alone. It's your battle. Turn it over. And that's our life. And I fail myself time after time after time, working on cars, working on things, doing things, working on the farm, doing, and I always constantly say, Oh Lord, have mercy. I can't believe it. Everything happens for a reason, but mama, I'm, I'm sitting there telling you stuff. That I fail in my own life, sometimes taking my eyes off. But let me tell you what I do do. There's not a day in my life that when I go to bed at night, I don't say, oh, Lord, I failed you here. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I go. I don't go to bed with my sins uncovered, folks, because I might not wake up. You know, I'll, I'll fail every single day somewhere. On the road driving, I think things about people. Oh, you... <laughs> And it's and it's terrible. I've got. I mean, it, I get angry on the road, and I have to get that covered because you pull up beside me and you say, "Look at Danny fussing at that man. He's a deacon in the church. Look at him. Look at what he's. You know, I've got a testimony to protect, and I lose it sometimes. And it's it's hard to build it back when I fail you. It really, it really is. It's living a Christian life, folks, is tough. It's tough for me. And, uh, this, this, and as if we just take our eyes off of the Lord, we try to fight the battle on our own. And this is where David had sinned. Let's read the scripture. After David had, had done it, he realized what he had done. He had broken God's law. This is uh, 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 10. And David's heart smote him after he had numbered the people. Stop right there for a second. See, if you're truly born again and you fail God, either by, through sin or, or a command or something, your heart ought to immediately prick you. There's something wrong if you don't. It's called conviction. And the Holy Spirit works and you say, hey, that's wrong. Hey, you shouldn't have done that. It might not happen immediately, but, but when you get home and you meditate, oh man, I, did, I, did, I shouldn't have done that. And this is what happened with David. David was, the Holy Spirit was convicting him. And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in, that, in what I've done. Now, and now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done foolishly. All right. For David, when he was up in the morning, for the word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and say to David, Thus saith the Lord, 
I offered thee three things. Choose one of them. This is kind of a review from where we went, but I'm going to jump back to something else here in just a minute. That, that, that it may be done to thee. So Gad came to David and told him, and he and said unto him, Shall I have seven years of famine that come into the land? Or will I flee for three months for their enemies while they pursue thee? Or there be three days pestilence pestilence in thy land. Advise and see what answer I shall return unto him. Gad is saying, look, this is what the Lord said. There's no other way. These are the three things you choose. I've got to go to the Lord and talk to him. You've got sin in your life. He's not going to hear your prayer right now. You've got to get this confessed. Their confession is a sacrifice. And that's, that's a whole different lesson. I don't want to get on that because <laughs> if we approach the Lord with sin in our life unconfessed, we may as well be talking to this tissue box. When we approach a holy God, we have to get clean. We have to clean our lives up and, 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 and go, man, I can't, I, I can't ask God right now. We confess, we send you approach a holy God. Say, oh God, I need you. But if we don't have our sins covered by the blood, he will not hear our prayer. If we hide iniquity in our heart, God says he will not hear thee. He didn't say he didn't know what was going on. He's just not going to answer you. That's what that means. I'm not, I need to keep going. I'm going to run out of time. Okay. And David said to Gad, I am in great strait. Let us fall now into the hands of the Lord for his mercies are great. And let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a pestilence unto Israel in the morning, even, even at, to the time appointed. And there died from the, of the people of Dan, even to Bathsheba, 70,000 people. And this angel would have kept going. He would have destroyed every single last one of them because God was angry. He said, God said, destroy him. I'm going to destroy him. And when the angel, let's see, verse 16, when the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord repented of the evil. Didn't say, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't. No, the Lord just called back and said, okay, enough is enough. The Lord didn't need to repent nothing. That's how, that's how A lot of people take things out of context, but that doesn't mean that the Lord had done something that he needed to repent. Let's see. Where am I? And, and angels, and, and it, is in, it is enough. This is the Lord speaking. Let me start back over because I'm way ahead. And when the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord repented him of the evil and said unto the angel that destroyed the people, it is enough. Stay now thy hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing place of Arana. And we're going to go show how that Arana is, is, he is, was his titled name, his surname. His, that's, he, he, was a, he was a leader in Jerusalem and he was a Jebusite. And I studied, well, how did Arana get to own the threshing floor on Mount Moriah? How was that? What, what, so I, we're going to cover that a little bit. And, it, and it's, it's, it's real good anyway for me. And David spoke unto the, this is verse 17. Let me finish that one. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing place of Arana, the Jebusite. David spake unto the Lord when he saw the angel, Lo, that smote the people and said, Lo, I have sinned, I have done wickedly, but what has these sheep done? What have what these sheep, what have I they done? Let not thy hand, I pray thee, be against me and against my father's house. And Gad came that day to David and said, Go up, rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing place 
of Arana, the Jebusite. Now, what if Arana had said, I ain't doing that. You ain't buying this for me. I don't know. Arana was smart enough to know and see what God had done for these people. He wasn't going to resist. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord said, and Arana looked and saw the king and his servants coming. He said, man, they've already destroyed, they've already took, took Jerusalem. I'm just the last one standing. I'm going to go back to this battle here in just a minute. And we're going to show how, how David and his armies came and, and, and took Jerusalem on the way. They came to another threshing floor, the threshing floor of Nacon. Nathan. Nathan had a threshing floor. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. This is where the, the, the people, the, the people carrying the ark, the ox stumbled and they touched the ark and bam, God destroyed him. He said, okay, this is called Perez Yuza which means you've breached. So David said, this ain't no threshing floor we're going to. They kept going. I'm going to get to that. And that's really good. I'm talking ahead of myself because I'm excited about, about how much goes on. The, on and, and, and this is not something that is tomorrow, next day. These are months of time. This is time that it's just time and time. It's just like maybe even a year all this goes on. It's not something that's like one thing, one event after another. Okay, let's see. And Arana looked and saw the king coming and the servants coming towards him. And Arana went out and bowed himself before the king upon his face to the ground. And Arana said, Where is my, wherefore is my lord the king come to servant? Come to his servant. He's calling him a servant. He wasn't a servant. He was a Jebusite. He wasn't Israel. He was petrified. He said, man, whatever you want, you just take it. I'm just, I'm getting out of the way. You've got a God. You've got an Ark of the Covenant. You've got, just take it all. And David said, to buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord that the plague of the, may be stayed upon the people. God chose that threshing floor. God chose Mount Moriah. God chose this specific place. God knew ahead of time that Solomon was going to rear that temple right there. God knew that he got, that Jesus was going to reign on the throne of David right there. And uh, the scripture to back that, I'm talking because I'm ahead of myself. I backed up myself, whatever. I just get so excited about this word. I can't get enough of it, people. I mean, I'm not sitting in boasting, but... It, this, this thing, this book right here speaks to me in ways I can't explain. And Arana said to King David, unto David, let my lord the king take, offer up what seemeth good to him. Behold, here are the oxen, here are the burnt sacrifice, here are the threshing instruments, here are the other instruments of, of oxen for wood. Take it all. All these things did Arana as a king, see, there's his name, his surname, he was, he was actually a leader there, but his real name was, his Hebrew name was Ornan. And we'll, I'll show you that here in a second. And the king said unto Arana, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee for, at the price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord of God, that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built the altar there unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. Blood had to be shed. Back then before Christ came, 
sacrifice was meant to cover sin, not to remove it. You know, we, when we sin, we got an advocate. If we confess our sins, he's faithful. We don't have to blood sacrifice anymore. There's one, one, the blood's already been offered. I'm not going to get there because that's, we've been already taught on that. Okay. Now let's go to second chronicles. No, I've already done that one. Let's see. All right. First Chronicles chapter 21. I think that was, that's it. Let me see. Okay. I'm going to just read a couple of verses here. This is how David had provoked, got provoked to sin. Chapter 21, verse 1. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Okay. We've already covered that. He did that. Satan was, the, was involved with that. Okay, verse 18. Okay, let's start with verse 17, 21. I'm just showing you that Arana, this leader, his real name was Ornan. And then I'll bounce back to the other story. And David said unto God, is it not enough that I command? And David said unto God, is, is it not that I commanded the people to be numbered? Even I, it is I have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let that hand, I pray thee, O Lord, my God, be on me and on my father's house, but not the people that they should play, be plagued. And an angel of the Lord commanded Gad and said to David that David should go up and set up an altar of the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan. See, Ornan was his real name, his Hebrew name. The Jebusite. So, you know... It's not three, two different threshing floors. It's not two or three different people. Ornan was his real name. And David went up and staying, saying of Gad, which spake in the name of the Lord. And Ornan turned back and saw the angel. We just went that way. So I just wanted to show you that that was the same person. Okay. Now, let's go to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6. This is, really, this is where it gets really, really good. Because this is leading up to the, to the real threshing floor, to where God had already picked out, hey, I want my throne, I want David's throne, I want the temple to be where Abraham had offered up Isaac. I want it there, I have chosen that spot, I have chosen Mount Moriah, and, this is, and, and to do that, this has got to happen, this has got to happen, this has got to happen to get you here. A lot of times in our life, we don't understand it, but God has got his final plan in our life and he knows what he wants and we can't see it. He said, okay, if this happens, you're not going to do this. If this happens, you're... so you've got to go through this. You've got to go through this. You've got to go through this to get you where I want you in life, in our life. And, and, and we have to go through things because we, we're living by faith. We have to just go and let God in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6. Right, let's see. This is really good stuff. Tony. Chapter 6. Well, let's go to chapter 5 because I didn't, a lot of people don't understand David's life. You know, we think he's got Absalom and, you know, he's got Solomon and, you know, he had a couple of kids and, and all that. I, I was intrigued as I backed up and studied this again. And, you know, I had it marked and I just, I just, 
if I don't refresh myself on it, I forget, you know, sometimes. So let's go to uh, chapter 5, verse 13. This is pretty wild because I didn't, I don't really know a whole lot about any of these people. And David took to him more concubines and wives out of Jerusalem after he was come from Hebron, where there yet was, and there were yet sons and daughters born to David. And these be their names of those that were born unto him in, Jer in Jerusalem. See, I'm, well, if you go back up to verse 6, they just invaded Jerusalem, they just invaded Jerusalem. And this is, this is how Ornan, he was, he had owned the threshing floor already. He was in there. He was in Jerusalem. They took Jerusalem, but Ornan still owned that threshing floor. And it said the threshing floor on Mount Moriah is said to be the most valuable piece of real estate on the entire planet Earth. That, that if anywhere, more than any other place on that threshing floor piece of reality is, is the most valuable on Earth. And you can look, Google that yourself. Verse 6, And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites into the inhabitants of the land which spoke unto David, Except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come hither, thinking David cannot come hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion and the same as the city of David. So they took that city and, and, and they did it with God's power. They didn't do it with numbering their tribes. They didn't do it. With, and so God was, and so the fear was on the Israelites wherever they went. They had, when, when they saw that Ark of the Covenant being carried by them Levites, and, and they saw that Ark, let me tell you something, they went the other way. That Ark of the Covenant was power. And it wasn't man's power. Okay, so we're going to skip back down to where we were. Where Anyway, that, that story right there is where they took Jerusalem and or Ornan was one of the last ones standing who owned the threshing floor. Why didn't he get destroyed? He, he owned the threshing floor. He was going to give, David could have just took it. That's, that's coming later. Okay, and so the, verse 14 of chapter 5. And these be the names of those that were born unto him in Jerusalem. Shemana, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibar, Elishu, Nepeg, Japhthah, Isma, Elida, Elatha. It's a lot of kids David had. That's, it's, just, it's mind blowing. And all these people are, are, have a, have a life and they're important. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, let's back up one more time. <laughs> Verse 4 of chapter 5. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. So David was 30 years old when he became king. In Hebron, he reigned over Ju Judah seven years. That's where they were parked. See, this is what I was talking about earlier. It's, it's, it's not something that happens... Overnight, it's a long, it's, it's a time period for, for all this to complete. In Hebron, he reigned in Judah seven years and six and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all of Israel. And then we'll cover his, you know, as we get close to this, we'll cover his end of his life. That's going to come next week. When, no, I mean, in two weeks when he wanted to build the house. He wanted to build the temple. He wanted to get involved in it. He said, no, you're a man of war. Your son and your seed will be to build the temple, David. 
You can't do it. But so, but David, he said, I will give you dimensions. I will give you exactly what to do. I will give you the plan. And you pass that on to your kids. And so we'll cover that later. But because it's all got to do with Moriah. But he, every detail about it was given to David of how exactly it was going to be built right there on Moriah. Okay. Verse 17. When the Philistines heard that the king, that they had anointed King David over Israel, that all the Philistines came up to seek David, David heard of it and went down to the hole. Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley. David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou... What was I saying? Excuse me. Whew. I don't know how you do a preacher. This one gets up, that one gets up. Me, I, this is hard work for me. Let's see. Excuse me, people. All right, let's try this again. Verse 19, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up unto the Philistines, and shalt thou deliver my men into my hands? And the Lord said unto David, See, here's the difference in number and the people. And the Lord said unto David, I will doubtless deliver the Philistines in thine hand. When he numbered the people, the sin was, now they're looking at, we can't beat them. We can't do this. We're, we're, they've got us outnumbered. They can't, we can't, and this is how it is in our lives. You know, God wants us to, Lord, will you deliver? God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Cast all your care on you. And, 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 and there's so many scriptures that we can pull out if we memorize them. Yes, the Lord will deliver. Yes, he will. He'll we'll go through some stuff, but, it, but, but the end result is he's promised he would deliver. And David came to Belparvim, and David smote them there. And the, Okay, now let's skip on down. Okay. First, let's go to chapter 6. Here's where the meat of the lesson is going to be. i got seven minutes. Come back in two more weeks and this is going to, I'm telling you, I'm not going to be able to develop the last part of this, but again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel. 30,000. David didn't number them. God is telling us in his scripture how many the chosen men. What he said, what it was at that time, he said, okay, I want you, David, to go choose these people, this one, this one, this one, this one, and I want you to take these 30,000 and we're going to go. The number here, God said, you go pick this group and I'm going to deliver with this group. It wasn't that David said, one, two, three, four, five, six. And that didn't happen. When he's talking about the, and those 30,000, those are, those are anointed. And David arose and went with the people there, there that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord the host that dwelleth between the cherubims. Here they are. They're bringing the Ark of the Covenant. This is real important even in our own lives. Now they set the Ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab and was, that was in Gilbeah. And Uzzah and Ohiah, Ohiah, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. That doesn't, that didn't drive it. They put staves through it and they, they were holding it, carrying it. They were just two of the men that were involved. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments. That's why, you know, we, I'm not going to get on the music in the church. Okay. 
I grew up in a real legalistic church and, yeah. and the Lord had all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even harps on the posteries and cymbal, timbrels and on the cornets and the cymbals. And when they came unto Nacon's threshing floor, see, this is, this was the first nest threshing floor. A lot of people don't know about, don't, when you say, do you know anything about Nacon? How about Perez? How about Uzzah? That's, I don't know anything about them either, but when I read them, I know about them. So I'm just sharing with you. This is really cool. And when, he, and when Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen had shook it. He was scared it was going to fall. But the commandment was, you don't do that. It's just like when Adam and Eve were in the garden, Eve took the fruit, but God had told Adam, you don't eat of this fruit. The day you do, you're going to bring sin into the world and you'll die. Eve took it, ate. God came down. This is jumping ahead a little bit. And he didn't say, Eve, where are you at? What did you do? No. He said, Adam. Adam. What have you done? The woman gave me the fruit. Didn't I tell you? Not to eat of the fruit. Now what if, what if Adam had said, no Eve, what if he'd have took the leadership in the home and says, we ain't doing that. God said we're not eating. We're not doing that. What, what would happen to it mankind? If, if, but he yielded. And we know the story behind that. So just like here, they, God had said, well, I don't care who you are, if you're going to die instantly if you touch that ark. And so the, the oxen stumbled, and I'm sure it was just out of impulse. Oh, no. But as soon as he did, it was over for him. I don't let her. Well, I don't know what I'd have done. Most of us would just let it fall, man. I ain't picking, I ain't touching that. Because most, if you study further back about that ark, people were hiding when they were choosing the Levites who were going to carry it. And said, don't pick me. Please don't pick me. Man, don't pick me. And then they come up to that ark of covenant, man. That's some heavy stuff there, man. <laughs> Why do I have to carry it? I don't want nothing, I don't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> I can just picture the fear on these people for the Ark of the Covenant. I've got two minutes. Oh, this is, no, I'm not going to finish people. I'm so sorry. And, the, and verse seven, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Yuza. And God smote him there for his error. And he there therefore died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach unto Uzzah. And he called the name of that place Perez Uzzah. To this day, Perez means breach. Uzzah was his name. So Perez Uzzah is the breach of Uzzah even to this day there outside of Zion. That's where that happened. So Perez is, boot, is breach, and Uzzah was his name to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord in the city of David, but David carried it outside the house of Obedim, the Gittite. That was right down, at the, down at next to town over from Moriah. But I'm going to have to stop here because... Uh, Here's, well, anyway, I'm going to have to stop because it's, it's, it's time for me to stop.
Bravo. I got seven more pages. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys and ladies. But I'm, I say this again. This is not to boast. But this old book here, I'm on my 30th time cover to cover. And I'm not saying that because I'm anything great. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm humbled by it. Every page on this, I can turn anywhere in it when I'm in trouble. And God can speak to me and deliver me. He delivers me. He's a great deliverer, a great God. A holy God. You know what? Stop. When you go next time you look at a produce stand or a produce at place in a, in a grocery store, think about all those people that think about the Big Bang Theory. An explosion in the sky. Ooh, carrots, potatoes, beets, coconuts, pineapples. An explosion in the sky. And all this, all of these fruits and vegetables just came out of the sky and was there. How stupid is that? Folks, you can look at a produce stand to see how God, great God is. Just in, just, just in fruit. All right. I'm going to get on that. I don't know why that came to my <laughs> You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.